Good morning. Welcome, uh, everybody. It's great to see you today. Oh, man, you... How did this happen? I have a stand that... Move. Okay. That's great. It's a rude stand. All right. So, love is not rude. How to give and get respect is the focus this morning on what we are going to talk about. Um, actually, we're, we're, what we're going to focus on this morning is uh, something that is very spiritually serious. Uh, something that can actually shut our prayer lives completely down, and it goes against the supreme command of God in our own lives. If we choose to ignore this subject that we'll talk about this morning, what we have chosen to do is to reject the work of the Spirit of God in our lives. So that's pretty serious. So let's just pause for a second and pray and ask God for his help. Lord, we thank you this morning that we can all gather together in this place and for your name and for your glory. God, we thank you for your word that gives us such practical, incredible, deep insight. Help us to understand what you would have to say to each one of us individually and as a church from your word this morning. And we ask all of this in Christ's name. Amen. I want to start here just briefly and uh, tell you a little bit of something about myself, a little bit of insight. So, If I attended a church that did a series on how to have great relationships, if I attended a church that did a series that talked about the importance of patience and kindness, the benefits of serving other people, the destructiveness of envy, I would think to myself, that's really nice. I would think to myself, well, that's that's very helpful. And I am so glad that the church is doing that because it's an extremely relevant topic. Uh, But I would also think to myself, let's not get too carried away with this, right? Let's not spend uh, a huge amount of time on issues of being polite or patient or kind. Because all of those things, though they're excellent appetizers, those those things are excellent appetizers, we have to at some point get to the meat of God's word. And are those things really the meat of God's word? I mean, come on, at some point, don't we have to talk about the blood of Jesus Christ and the cross of Jesus Christ and the fact that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth and the life and nobody comes to the father, but by him, don't we have to talk about the power of faith to move mountains and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Let's talk about those things. I mean, when you compare being polite to all of those things, How important is it to be polite? How important it is when you weigh those two things out? I mean, those things are the real meat of God's word, aren't they? That's where the meat is. That's where the power is. Milk is good, but milk is for babies. At some point, we need to get to the meat. Well, that tells you a little bit of something about me. That's the way I would look at a relationship series. First Corinthians chapter 13 is the love chapter of the Bible. It's a wonderful appetizer, a wonderful appetizer. But at some point, we just have to get to the main meal. Let's read these verses in 1 Corinthians 13 again. What I have included here is the final verse of chapter 12 and the first verse of chapter 14 and then some selected verses in between that that talk about what love is. All right, so here we go. And now I will show you the most excellent way. Isn't that interesting? I'm going to show you what... The Bible is saying to us the most excellent way, not one excellent way, but the most excellent way. Here it comes. If I have faith 
that can move mountains. Now, faith in the Bible is really important, everybody, just in case you didn't know. If I have faith that can move mountains but have not love, I'm nothing. If I have faith so powerful, how many people you know that have faith that can move mountains? Like if you knew somebody who had faith that could move a mountain, would you say, oh, that's pretty big. I don't know about you. I would. I'd say, wow, that's pretty big. If I have faith that can move mountains, but I don't have love, I'm absolutely nothing. Now check out the next one that it says. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Like We're talking about a person who gives everything away, everything they have away. Right. But if they don't have love, they're nothing. And then it says surrender their body to the flames. When this was written. When this was written, people were being martyred for their faith in Jesus Christ. Right. People were being martyred for their faith. And some people actually wanted to be martyred for their faith in Christ. And you know why they wanted to be martyred? Because they gained celebrity status. Celebrity status for being martyred. And, and what, what's being said here in the Bible is, is that if we surrender our lives, right? If we're martyred for faith in Jesus Christ, but we don't have love, then we're nothing. It'd be like somebody who you know, took a real strong stand for Jesus Christ and they suffered martyrdom for it. And as they're being martyred, here's the crowd of people looking at this guy and say, man, look at this guy. He is sold out to Jesus. And somebody who doesn't know him says to somebody else in the crowd, hey, can you tell me what this guy is like? Man, that guy is a jerk. I mean, he's a total jerk. He's the most unloving person, but my gosh, he's sold out to Jesus Christ. But this is what, this is what the Bible is saying. Does that make sense? All right, two of you got it. Okay. All right. I gain nothing. Here, verse four. Here we go. 15 definitions of love. We're not going to include all of them today, obviously, but remember, there's 15 decisions of love. So we've, we've talked about some of these already. Love is patient. Love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. And here's the one we're talking about. Number six is what we're on today. It is not rude. It is not rude. Now, skipping down to the end of chapter 13, here's how chapter 13 ends. It says, now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Love is greater than faith. Love is greater than faith. Love is greater than hope. It's the greatest thing. Now look how 14 begins. Let love be your greatest aim. Other translations say let it be your highest goal. Supreme, most excellent way. We're absolutely nothing without it. What is love? Is love a good feeling? Is love a good feeling, everybody? Have we covered this the past couple weeks? Is it a good feeling? Dictionary.com says it's a good feeling, right? What what, what does divinity.com say? Is it a good feeling? No, it's a decision. It's a determined act of the will. And actually, when I, when I choose love, it might make me feel worse. See, the dictionary says it makes me feel better. But actually, when I choose love according to the Bible, it might make me feel worse than feeling better. Today, we're talking about rudeness. Aren't there times when it would just feel so much better to be rude? All right, let's take a stop right now. Let's take a time out. I want you to think of an occasion right now in your mind. Just take a second. And run it through your mind of when maybe you were polite and it would have felt so much better to be rude. Ready? All right, go. Think about it. I got it. It didn't take me long. I ran through my mind real quick of a time where I was polite just recently. And then I ran through real quick in my mind what it would like to be rude in that situation. I tell you what, it sent the rude part of it, choosing the rudeness, sent goosebumps up and down 
just thinking about it because it felt so good to be rude, to choose that, right? Love is not easy. Love is something that is difficult. So what is rudeness here described as? It's bad manners, bad manners. It means to be inconsiderate of other people. It means to be impolite of other people. Love is not rude. It doesn't have bad manners. It's not inconsiderate, impolite. Rudeness here that we're talking about incorporates many of the other definitions of love that we've already covered, everybody. So the fact that love is not rude, it means that love is patient. Because when you're polite, you're patient. When you're polite, you're kind. When you're polite, you don't go around boasting. I mean, think if you have a dinner party and you got somebody who just starts just boasting all over the place. Do you say, oh, that's a really polite person? No, impolite. So, so what rudeness, what this thing, it incorporates so many of the other definitions that we will read in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. And that's why this is such an incredible one because it pulls so much together. It's not easily angered. There's so much overlap here in the rudeness thing. Now, the Bible never says, mind your manners. Like your mother says that. The Bible never says, mind your manners. It doesn't say that. But what the Bible talks about is that we should be gentle and meek, the opposite of rudeness. You read that about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was meek. Jesus Christ was gentle. We're told that Jesus Christ came riding in Jerusalem on the triumphal entry just a few days before he was crucified. And he came in gentle, riding on a donkey. We're encouraged to be gentle, gentle, the opposite of rude. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse number 11, it talks about somebody who is a man of God. And it says, you want to be a man of God? Man of God, pursue this. And then list a couple things. And you know what's in the middle of the couple things? To be a man of God is listed as? This is a pray all the time. Tell everybody about Jesus. No, 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 this is what it says. This is what it says. You want to be a man of God? It says, have manners. Be gentle. Let the gentleness of Christ be evident in your life. That's what it talks about. How about Ephesians chapter 4? This is a good one. This got me this past week. I've never seen this verse this way before. Ephesians 4 verses 1 and 2. It's on the back of your little blue outlines. Look what it says. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. Let's stop right there. Beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. That word worthy is very important. Here's what the word worthy means. It means to balance the scales. Balance the scale. So there needs to be balance. What, what's that what's that's trying to say to us? It says, you know what? Jesus Christ gave so much for us. He sacrificed so much so that we could live this life, so that we could be redeemed. He died on a cross. He came. All this, this incredible stuff that Jesus Christ did. And we need to balance all that Jesus Christ did out with something on the other side. What is the something on the other side that was going to balance out all that Jesus Christ did? Well, what does it say? Well, let's go back to the text. Look what it says. It probably says something that a lot of us wouldn't think it would say. I wouldn't think it would say it, but here it comes. How do we balance all that out, all that Jesus Christ did? Verse number two, be humble, gentle, and patient. Be humble, gentle, have good manners, be polite, and be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Wow. The greatest thing that we can do with our lives spiritually is love. Not being rude incorporates not only being patient, humble, and kind, but it also incorporates 1 Corinthians chapter 13, being honest, trustworthy, and true, and being reliable. Now, everybody, the Corinthian church, who this is being written to, right? This Corinthian church, they had a problem with rudeness. 
they had a problem being impolite. It was easy. Check this out. It was easy for them to tell other people about Jesus Christ. Do you know that? You read through the first and second Corinthians books of the Bible. Very easy. They had church services that were literally on fire for Jesus. You follow me? On fire with preaching and praising and prophesying. I mean, woo, all over the place, which is breaking out. Anybody would walk it. They would call them holy rollers. Is anybody familiar with that term? Holy rollers. That's the kind of church service they had. But they just had one problem. They were very rude people. Is that a problem? Is there a disconnect there? I mean, is it a little disconnect or is it a massive disconnect? That's what we need to figure out. How massive was a disconnect? It was very easy for them to have on-fire church services. Just difficult being loving and kind. I remember we had a preacher come to the church that I attended when I was just a kid. And he said something one day. I'll never forget. It stuck in my mind all these years. and It's been a lot of years ago. He said, set yourself on fire for God and people will come and watch you burn. Set yourself on fire for God and people will come and watch you burn. I said, you know, I want to do that. I want to do, what does that mean? How do I set myself? What does that look like? Well, for me, I immediately interpret it as, well, that means I need to be bold for Jesus Christ. I need to tell people about Jesus Christ. I need to not compromise in my own life. I need to call sin, sin. And when I see false doctrine, I need to go after it. That's the way I interpreted that. And you know what I realized? That for me, just like the Corinthian church, all of those things, calling sin, sin, telling people you need to repent, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and life, were much easier for me to do than to be polite. That's very interesting to me. Extremely interesting. It's easy for me to stand up here and tell you that you need Jesus. You need to get your life right with God. It's very difficult for me to be considerate to It's very difficult for me to be patient and kind when you irritate me. Now, when I read these 1 Corinthians 13, you know what my reaction is after a while? Can't we just get back to the meat of God's word? You know what I'm saying? Do we have to talk about rudeness? I mean, let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about the cross. I don't want you to misunderstand me. There's power in the cross of Christ. There's power in the blood of Christ. But why did Jesus Christ come in the first place, everybody? What's the cross all about? For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. 1 Peter 3, 7. Okay. Are there any husbands in the room? Is anybody a husband here? All right, here we go. Let's talk about this. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate. What does it mean to be polite? It means to be considerate. So, husbands, in the same way, be very polite as you live with your wives and treat them with respect. Well, that's a nice thing to do. Any wives here think that's a nice thing to do? Okay. But who here would stand up and say, that's a very spiritual thing to do? Who would stand up here and say, you know what? If my husband is impolite to me or a husband stands you know, if I'm impolite or rude to my wife, it's going to shut my spiritual life down. Who would say that? Everybody would say, Jesus, I need Jesus. I need to cross. I need to tell people about sin and pray more and all this kind of stuff. But check out what happens next, everybody. Husbands, in the same way, be considered as you live with your wives and treat them with respect. Here it comes so that nothing will hinder your prayers. 
Are you serious? You got to be kidding me. What hinders my prayers? Well, not praying enough hinders my prayers. Not sacrificing enough hinders my prayers. Not being bold enough for Jesus Christ hinders my prayers. But being rude to my wife, come on. That's an appetizer. That's milk. You must be joking. I was listening to a preacher preach one time. He's coming home from work. Had a long day at the office. His family owned an RV, a motorhome. The motorhome was about 12 feet almost in height. Their garage was eight feet. Just before he got home, his wife, I don't know, not thinking, something, tried to drive the motorhome inside of the garage. He pulls up right after that happens. The garage is destroyed. The motorhome is destroyed. It's all destroyed. He's got a decision to make. Is he going to shut his prayer life down? Is he going to shut his life down spiritually? Is he going to hinder his walk with God? Is he going to negate all the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ in his life? Or is he going to treat his wife with respect and with kindness at that moment? Big decision. Big decision to make. You know, the word gentleness or meekness means this. Power under control. I don't want you to mistake this. Being polite Being gentle and being meek doesn't mean being a wimp. Jesus Christ was gentle. He rides in Jerusalem, gentle, meek, on the donkey. We see the very next thing in Luke chapter 19. He's driving everybody out of the temple. You follow me? It's not weak. What the word means is power under control. What that preacher had the possibility to do in those moments was to crush his wife, crush her. He had the power to crush her. You stupid. How could you? Are you so dumb that you would drive a 12-foot motorhome into an 8-foot garage? He had the power to crush her. Or he could put power under control and choose the way of Jesus Christ. Choose the way of the gospel of Jesus Christ and show consideration and politeness and respect. He had that choice to make. Which way would he choose? 1 Corinthians 13 is how we set our lives on fire. Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 13 is how we set ourselves on fire for God. It is the most excellent way. And I don't know how I went for so many years reading the Bible and missing this point. It's the most excellent, not one of the most excellent ways. It's not the milk. It's the most excellent way. It's the highest goal. And with it, we are absolutely nothing on a spiritual level. Love is, and here's the second fill in for you love is the meat not the milk of the word of God. Love is the meat, not the milk. Love is the meal. Listen, everybody, I know my Bible, but am I polite? I know my Bible, but am I polite? I know Jesus Christ as my Savior, but am I polite? I go to church, I pray, I fast, and I give, but am I polite? Would people who know me, people who see me in pressure cooker situations, okay, and the pressure cooker tough situations, people who see me in those situations, do they describe me as respectful or rude? There's the gospel. We can take all of our Jesus, Jesus, you need to repent and get your heart right with God. Here we go. People in the pressure cooker situations. 
Do they describe me as being respectful or rude? It is the heart of the gospel. Now, if you want to really know where the meat is, where's the beef in all of this, go to those people, those people who really know you, those people who see you in the pressure cooker situations and say, hey, go ahead, have at it. Am I respectful or rude? What am I like? What am I really like? And then just prepare yourself for what, uh, what comes your way. Am I traveling the most excellent way? You know what we get when we study 1 Corinthians 13, this most excellent way? We get 15 highly tangible, highly practical, very daily things for us to work on. It is so much easier to deal with the other stuff like you need to repent or you need Jesus or you need to get saved or you need to go to church or you need to read your Bible or you need to dig really deep and put a lot of money in the offering plate. Those are easy Those are a piece of cake. What's difficult is, is 1 Corinthians 13, patience, kindness, politeness. But without those things, I am absolutely nothing. When my wife, and this was not my wife, in case some people might think it was, it's not my wife, but when your wife tries to drive a 12-foot motorhome into an 8-foot garage, that's where the rubber meets the road. Or maybe when your wife says, please, let's get a dog. And then promises you the moon. Dog won't be any problem. I'll take care of the dog. I promise all the time. Love the dog. Okay? And then the dog gets sick and has diarrhea all over the house. All over the house. I mean, it's a mess. And there's nobody home but you. How much do you love Jesus? Uh, Tell me how much you love Jesus now. What's that look like? This is the heart of the gospel. This is what it means. This is how we measure ourselves. This is how we measure are we a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. This is how we measure how how, how, how much on fire we are for Jesus Christ. This, my friends, is how it is measured in the Scripture. It's not how I've measured it for all these years, but what God is waking me up to is this, is how it is measured. And to do those 15 decisions, to make those 15 proper decisions we read in 1 Corinthians 13, we are going to need some help. These are 15 things that we can every day pray about and try to put into practice in our lives. Now, I'm just going to close by saying this. Prayer team is always over there. If you'd like them to pray with you, right against that wall by that sign over there. But this is something that all of us can work on every single day of our lives. And when we moving towards it, we are setting ourselves on fire for Almighty God. This is the meat, not the milk of the Word of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for your Word. Um, Even in those times when it really stings me, even in those times when it's right here in my face and it's so highly personal and so highly practical and I want to move away from it because it makes me so uncomfortable, God, I thank you even in those times that, God, I can measure how I am walking with you. Am I really on fire? Am I really fully devoted? And I can measure it by 1 Corinthians 13. God, I thank you that you give us your word, your powerful word that is so practical. 
Your word is so awesome, God. Now, God, help every single one of us here in this room. All of us have areas in our lives that we struggle with these 15 decisions. God, give us strength. Help us to break down. Some of us just need to break down and go and say to somebody, will you pray for me? I struggle with impatience. I struggle with being impolite. I struggle with pride, kindness, forgiveness. Help some of us to get serious today and break down and make a major step forward, God. Not just to keep going on business as usual, but God to come before you and say, I need help. Because every single one of us in this room surely does. Bless us, God. Let us be the people who walk a walk worthy, worthy of all that you have done, Jesus. And we ask this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here today.